You are listening to Proof Text, a Glossa House podcast exploring scripture with Dr. T. Michael W. Halcombe and Dr. Frederick J. Long. Welcome and enjoy. Hello, welcome to Proof Text. This is Michael Halcombe. I'm here with Fred Long, and he is schooling us on participles as part of our Grammar Point series. And Fred, what do you have on the platter today? Yeah, we're continuing our study of participles, and we're looking at, I think, one of the most exciting areas of research for me, and that is uh, looking at what are called circumstantial participles, or very commonly what people call adverbial participles, which is a misnomer. Okay, I've presented on this at Society of Biblical Literature. It's, it's unpublished, although it is published in my Greek grammar book my categories and my discussion, but I went into more detail and I'm looking forward to continuing to research this. Basically, though, beginning students will learn that there's a use of the participle called called adverbial Mm -hmm. that basically is when the participle, typically in the nominative cases, sets up a subordinate clause, an adverbial subordinate clause, And then students are encouraged to try different adverbial senses, depending on the context a little bit. And they have different like subcategories and names like temporal, adverbial, concessional, Mm. adverbial, that'd be although. Yeah, this is uh, how I learned. Yeah. Yeah. Conditional, like if, causal, because. So- So basically it's taught, students are taught that participles have or carry these adverbial meanings in them. And then students are left trying to guess what that might be. (laughs) But here's the problem is that in fact, grammatically, participles are unmarked for adverbial meanings. Hmm. This was recognized over a decade ago by one of the most preeminent grammarians of the day, and even today's stature is huge, A.T. Robertson in his grammar. He says, in fact, these participles are unmarked for, for adverbial senses. The only possible adverbial meanings that they may convey is temporal, time prior or time after the main verb. So... I think we need to scratch that whole model, be Mm. very cautious of it, and move towards another understanding, which is, you know, you'll see in grammar books and simply calling them circumstantial participles and that are really setting up certain kinds of uh, subordinate relations. But the the meaning of that relationship is, is not primarily adverbial. It's positional depending on where that participle occurs. Is it occurring before the main verb of its clause or occurring after the main verb of its clause? And so this is my approach to this. You can read it in my Koine Greek Grammar, uh, chapter 17. I I explain this in more detail. And I want to talk about those circumstantial participle uses that occur before the main verb. Okay, I call these pre-nuclear or pre-positioned uses. And basically, if you see a circumstantial participle, 
that's occurring before the main verb. And you, and you know that they're circumstantial because uh, they'd have no article with them. And they're typically hmm. in the nominative case. And uh, if they're far away from the main verb, uh, I consider these to be segue. If they're segueing between one scenario to another scenario, like, for example, you might say, you know, Jesus leaving that city, you know, he went on somewhere else. That leaving would be a segue use. And it's based on position. It's prior to the main verb. And and segue, transitional use, this the segue use tends to be far away from the main verb. Another pre-positioned use or pre-nuclear use is uh, I would call framework. And that is it's setting up an important framework by which to understand the action of the main verb. And then another use, the last use, a uh, pre positioned use is is when that participle is directly abutted to the main verb like uh, bowing down he prayed to so and so so bowing down he 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 prayed um this like is simultaneous kind of yeah it's almost simultaneous i call them procedural uh. and basically what what happens is you can take away that that participle and and it doesn't destroy the meaning of the sense at all, uh, and rather it seems to be describing in a in more detail like a set of procedures that entail in the action of the main verb. It's almost to stress it or to preserve some cultural information. So in the the example I just gave you, you know, bowing down or bowing the knee, he prayed or, or prostrate prostrated uh, well there were different types of prostration that one can do one could simply put out one's arm one could bow or one could actually kneel so in that that instance of you know bending the knee he prostrated himself that that bending the knee that is a procedural preposition participle and it's preserving some cultural logic so all I have to say is that when you have a circumstantial participle in front of its main verb, there are three uses. A segue, providing a transition, framework, and providing an important framework, or procedural, which is kind of, you know, getting to some logic of, of the verbal action. So, yeah, I think there's a lot to be studied um, of, of, of this. And uh, so those are the pre-nuclear positions. And I think we'll have an episode where we talk about some translational uh, possibilities okay. for these as well. I guess we could maybe do that now. Um, I tend to, <laughs> if they're present tense, uh, use maybe like seeing the crowd, comma, Jesus went to a mountain. Uh, sometimes people might say, you know, while seeing the crowd or after seeing the crowd. But again, those while and after or because, those are all adding adverbial meanings to it. And again, I just don't think that those meanings are inherent in the participle itself. So I like a basic mm -hmm. translation of the participle, like seeing or, you know, bending the knee, he prayed. I, I think just using ing words is quite fine. And if there really does seem to be a temporal aspect, fine. You could you can say you know like contemporaneous, present tense, 
while seeing the crowd, fine. You could add that to it as well. Yeah, yeah I tend I, a- I tend in that direction, actually. I guess yeah. maybe that's just part of how I was taught. But I, when I'm reading the gospel narratives, um, <clears throat> contextually, like so often, like you have that aorist part- participle, um, yeah. you know, after blanking or after he blanked, he blanked, yeah. you know, or yeah. present tense participle does seem to be what you call procedural or simultaneous while blanking. He yeah. blanked, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, for the aorist, I don't even know that you need, you need after I just use like having seen the crowd. Yeah. I like after, I don't know. I, after but, seeing the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I yeah. So I'm wondering if there is a well, you you are allowing granting space for the you know time prior, time after. Uh, there's yeah. also a, a time during. <laughs> I would yeah, time during a temporal uh, simultaneous present tense seems to seem to be time same time as the main verb. Yeah, aorist tense seems to be time prior. But I can point to examples where it's not temporal. Right. With errors, right, you know, right. so then it's like, well, what is really being marked here? And that's why I'm moving towards this information structural gotcha. model based on location. Do you think genre has anything to do with it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. genre would have a lot to do with it. I think Paul's letter, like argumentative discourse is going to have a lot more logical kind of things, whereas you know, narrative obviously is about narrative is about sequencing of time events. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, good. That's helpful. Appreciate that insight for it. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say one other, if you want to see Michael and I, how we've translated these participles in context, look at our John illustrated or Mark illustrated in Greek or Mm -hmm. my acts illustrated in Greek, uh, with Matthew Peterson. We, uh, we, we debated these things and talked about them. And if you want to see how we translate these participles, uh, you, you can see that it's possible to do it in a minimal way that leaves it open, you know, for inferencing, you know, what is the logical connection? Hmm. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks for the insights, Fred. And thanks you guys for listening. Uh, hope that helps. Looking for creative ways to launch your biblical language studies to the next level. We here at Glosa House create resources with you in mind. We've created a stock of innovative and cutting edge audio, video, digital, and print resources to help you reach your language goals. Visit glosahouse.com to find what you've been looking for. Glosa House, language resources for the global community.